Hi, this is Nancy Norton, and you're listening to Traumedy, the podcast that helps you take your pain and play with it. I'm a former nurse. I got out of nursing for the same reason a lot of people get into it, to save lives. I heal with humor now. I'm a comedian and a speaker about the power of humor. On Traumedy, we talk about some very sad, scary, and dark subjects sometimes, but we lift them into the light with laughter. Traumedy is not a replacement for trauma therapy, but it may help you get by between sessions. This is peer-to-peer sharing. We learn from each other. I'm learning so much, and I want to thank each and every one of my guests and my listeners who often become guests. I hope this podcast is helping you heal at least half as much as it's helping me. This episode contains explicit sexual content, club material that I love. (laughs) I'm going to say it. So if you don't like explicit sexual content, I don't understand you. I really do not understand you. How can you not enjoy that? If you do like explicit sexual content, turn it up. Enjoy episode 32. Welcome to Traumedy. My guest this week is Roxy Grant. I'm super excited that she's here. I've only met her once, and when I met her... I am so sorry for interrupting you. I do not mean to be that person, but my pronouns are they, them. Oh, we can start over. It's, oh. I'm not mad. I swear to God, I'm not Oh, mad. I didn't know I just, that. Oh, I'm not... They. All yes. right. Let's... I just inform as I go. I'm not going like, to yeah. make a post or anything. I'm not <laughs> upset. <laughs> I love it. And you know what? Let's leave it in because... Well, actually, I'm working on my pronouns still. Like It's she, a journey. It is a journey, and we are dynamic beings. And thank you for your gentle, loving interruption, because I think so many folks out there, their response is anger because they feel embarrassed. So they rather, mm-hmm. instead of feeling like, oh, shoot, I forgot to ask your pronouns, I probably have even seen that before, but totally spaced it. Absolutely. Thank you for that. I've been saying this thing, and I really feel it. I'm trying to figure it out. My pronoun is one, and I I looked it up because it's the gender-neutral indefinite pronoun of one, and I love it because it's like I feel like we are all one, Mm. and I don't know how it works, but it's like our next one is, and this one, and that one, and I don't know why. I just really am. I'm going to keep working on expanding the gender neutral indefinite pronoun of one. I like that. I've never heard, I've never, there's so many things. That's also why I have a lot of patience is because like, I didn't grow up with like, I grew up in Florida. So there was no options whatsoever for that. (laughs) And then I came out here and I had friends like that and I would like mess up sometimes, but they gave me grace. So I don't understand why I would be like furious and not give, because I clearly like look like a femme presenting person. So it's not like, you like called me sir or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, even though when you say that, I see your, I see your divine feminine and your divine masculine, okay. if you don't mind me saying so, but no, I, I also, it, yeah. I also sort of unsubscribe from gender, like gender, but then there's sex and it gets, cause I think of myself as a she, they, cause I definitely embrace my XX chromosomes, but then I also do have com- never subscribed to gender roles I never really got that even it confused me as a kid like why can't I have really good tennis shoes I mean when I was a kid the girls tennis shoes were so different than the boys tennis shoes and And they have frills on them I'm like how am I supposed to run in this I couldn't climb a tree 
I that. mean, I still did, but <laughs> yeah, my mom would get so mad because I would like dirty up my dresses at, in the playground wrestling boys and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Tomboys. Yeah. Well, I am going to just I am going to reintroduce you. And yes, and I may very well leave this in because I think it's a great I think discussion. We should leave it in. It's organic. Th- it's, it's a or- good discussion. Is, OK, here we go. Welcome to Tromedy. <laughs> My guest this week is Roxy Grant. And I have only met them once before. And this was in person. And that I recall that I just remember this moment because it was once. We've only talked over Facebook since that time. But yeah. That it was yeah. and it was at Christy Bukeley's, I believe it was. It was one of her productions. Yeah. But it was she was running the show. Yeah. Oh. And I was at Rise and I just met you and then I was like, whoa. I just felt all this energy of hilariousness. And I'm like, oh, you're a comedian. And you're like kind of nodding. And then I don't remember from there other than just seeing seeing you on some Facebook posts, but I know you're a comedian. I know you're an actor that you're a theater nerd. Yeah, theater nerd. And a singer. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know you were a singer till today and that you've written songs. I have, yeah. I'm getting back into it, but I I legit like pulled up a box from my storage full of like a stack of old lyrics that I wrote when I was like a kid. And the dream kind of died after like trying competitions and stuff like that but of course a kid usually doesn't win things like that so I'm coming back into realization that I can definitely try again and it's not a dead dream it's just that like things like this take time and you need to be like patient with yourself absolutely and I I mean here I am 63 years old it took me till 58 to win a comedy competition you know I just called myself a choker instead of a joker the fact that you were able to get in front of an audience to audition in your, you are a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that just blows my mind. Cause I, I still probably would get a little shaky need at the idea of it. So that's really cool that you had the courage and that you had the confidence and you knew you had a talent and you went out and you showed your talent. And for whatever reason, it wasn't the time for that to line up, but, oh, you have plenty of time. They say in this business, you cannot go too slow. And I am, yes, I am proving that right now. (laughs) (laughs) And also like, I agree. I feel like that's life in general. I feel like we're very, especially now grind culture is like praised so much, but it's good to just take your time. Because if you run yourself out and then you get there and you're exhausted and you hate everything and everybody, then. (laughs) And you burn out. Yeah. Yeah. The long haul, man, that I grind culture. I hadn't really heard that terms per se. So do you mind saying how old you are now? I'm 25 now. You're 25. I know. That is adorable. And I just want to say, I see, I mean, whatever you want, I can just see it happening. I got to tell you. And I am a little bit like not just psychic, but the energy and the glow. And it doesn't hurt to gather more and more skills. So uh, your background, you were sharing, you were raised in Florida. Yeah. So I was born in um, New York, raised in Florida. Most of my life was Florida. So the land, it's like a, it's like a little tin for here, way less money. Um, So it was like central Florida, very kind of more of the countryside of Florida. The more south that you get in Florida, the more northern it gets. And then the further north you get the more Southern it gets because Alabama and Georgia are right there. Oh, I got you. Kind of like, I think Louisiana, I think of that way too. Cause New Orleans is a little more 
progressive and then you go north and you get a little more upside down, getting closer to that conservativeness. And then you were saying, we were talking about eating foods and I eat mostly plants. I definitely call myself a hypocrite because I will eat a fish now and then. You, you're saying that you you, are, you grew up vegetarian mostly. Mostly, yeah. So seven-day Adventist is how I grew up. And my mom would go through these spouts of, like, we're vegetarian. Um, and then when we weren't, it was never anything other than, like, fish and chicken. So we didn't eat red meat. We yeah. definitely didn't eat pork. And then, like, no, like, shellfish. And then no unclean fish. So nothing without scales. Okay. So very Old Testament That's from the Old approach. Testament. Yeah. And then so when you grew, when you got your autonomy, you're like, I'm chowing down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, bacon? You were like, what kind of good God would keep me from bacon? That's insane. Life is hard enough without it. bacon. Bacon makes me happy. <laughs> I've been bacon wrapping everything lately, so I'm on a trip right now. <laughs> that is so wild. Like I am completely backwards from that because I grew up, my parents both worked so we had this gas grill and we would wrap bacon around hot dogs and oh put them. That's what I had for lunch. Like I would put like bacon wrapped hot dogs on this grill every that day. sounds really good. Actually, hey, I never argue with the flavor of meat or animals. You know, I don't. Yes. I'm not an idiot. I know how delicious it is. Yes. And I tell you, the one food I miss, I mean, I miss a few things, but. I mean, most vegetarians talk about bacon. Me, it's a brisket. I Ugh. mean, come on. Or a corned beef, uh, you know, Reuben. Mm-hmm. They just can't seem to make a good substitute. Veg- no, there's not a good substitute. Not yet. Not yet. But not they, yet. there's so many good ones out there. Mm-hmm. And for me, whatever happened in me that, away, you know what it is? I had early trauma. I've talked about it on here. I've had early, like pre-verbal trauma. And I identify with the voiceless animals that can't say, please stop hurting me. So (laughs) I just can't enjoy it when I'm thinking about what they went through. It's just not, it doesn't, my pie chart, it just doesn't work for me right now. I'm empathizing with them. Yeah. Instead of tasting the meat, I'm just like, oh, I'm just thinking, oh, I just don't want to. The salt is the tears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, is that too dark? I don't know. <laughs> Salty fat, man. man. That's where, what I do is, I'll, and this is where, and again, potato chips. Uh, that's my substitute. Are you, so I want to thank you for coming on. And, you know, just, I haven't had the opportunity to see your stand up. And I don't know, like I was saying earlier, sometimes what we do is we'll take a bit that we recognize, oh, people may not know that this bit actually expresses a trauma, what we're trying to do is show people who may not be comedians who are listening, and maybe they are comedians, just to know like, hey, you're not alone. We all got stuff. And here's how we like to get a sense of empowerment over our pain and trauma. I mean, just, I don't know if there's anything that comes to mind that you feel comfortable sharing with strangers. Of course. Yeah. I'm very much an open share with trauma just because I feel like if people talked about it, like they talk about a promotion at work we'd be better off you know like just mental health triumphs are just as big as any other triumph that you have in life because that's your brain that's your mind that's your sense of peace you know yeah and not feel like we can only share the good news like here man this really horrible thing happened but and here's another or, or you know maybe sharing it in this funny way yeah or sometimes you just need to share people it. heart react even if i make jokes about it <laughs> like <laughs> 
I've seen some of your posts where I think you've said like, "Hey guys, this is funny." Okay, it's funny, but they're but they're not right. They're like, "We're still we're still wanting to do the the heart hug emoji." I was just like, "It's okay. Like you don't have to." I was like, "You didn't go through it." <laughs> yeah. Well, that you know that whole empathy thing is complicated. Yeah. And then people wanting to do the right thing too, right? Yeah. I was like, the right thing is to laugh. It's medicine or whatever they say. Yeah, it is. It totally is. I medicine. think I think it's medicine for me. Oh, it is. Yeah. I mean, anytime if you're laughing and expressing it and getting it out of that stuck compartment, I I and I'm studying therapeutic humor. I was telling you, and this is what we're learning over and over again because. It does. It gets rid of the stress hormones. It gives you a sense of empowerment. It also helps you with creative problem solving when you laugh. Like maybe you're like struggling with something like how do, you know, how do I cope with that? And then it's like, oh, you'll get an idea. Mm -hmm. I love, I love the birth of jokes too. Dealing with frustration a lot differently. Yeah. Yeah. And then for most of us that have these funny muses around, it's, it's just, they're here for a reason. They're here to help Mm. us heal. They're here to help us survive. So yeah, so we don't get all like, oh, life's just too hard, you know. We they are like, come on, come on, and it, it's shit, but go on, like, <laughs> yes, we're not denying the shit, we're acknowledging the shit. But look at this joke you got out of it. Yeah, the positive. Is there anything that comes to your mind, or do you have a bit we could we can even play one, or you can just tell us about it. Either way, we could play it. Um, oh, you want to play want. one? Oh, yeah. awesome. Okay, here. Thing. Even though I have my beard, um, I am pansexual, and um, yeah, it, all it means for those of you that don't read, um, it means <laughs> it means that like as long as you're hot up here, I don't really care what's down here, right? <laughs> I'm not a picky eater. Right? <laughs> There's hungry gays in Africa, you know. <laughs> I'm not going to shut down a warm meal. That's crazy. <laughs> so my parents are, uh, they're more religious, right? So they're not cool with the gay thing. Like my mom, I get it because she's super religious. But my dad, I'm pretty sure he's just jealous I get more pussy than he does. That's, <laughs> that's definitely it, right? <laughs> it's keeping tallies. <laughs> what was the very last thing you said? He's keeping tallies. He's keeping tallies. Pussy tally. Pussy tally. He's got his. Like, he's got one of those abacus things, or like get the when you play pool that it's just pussy shaped. Yeah, oh my god! <laughs> just click. It's click. just the vulva. Like it's you're just. just the, it's just the vulva. Yeah. It's also teaching you how to pop properly <laughs> find the clit. Like it's just. <laughs> I love that you're sliding it with two fingers. I know. <laughs> gentle circular motions. Gentle. <laughs> Light. I mean, everyone's different. Everyone That's what is I. I have learned from my lesbian days and I now identify as pansexual as well. But then my little joke is I'm a bisexual pansexual. I have I sex every 3.14159 years. Okay. Um. <laughs> so this bit is you like obviously talking about your family, yeah. your parents, how they are receiving you as a whole being. And part of that is being a pansexual, non-binary, or would you say pangender? How do you... I, I am learning. So I, the gender journey is very new for me just because I grew up in Florida. I grew up super religious. So they act like there's only like one choice. And then you move to Denver and it's just like, clearly there's more. And then you start listening to Prince and you're like, there's definitely fucking more genders <laughs> that we try to admit. <laughs> I love that. Prince. 
Yeah, revolutionary. Yeah. Absolutely. David Bowie, too. I feel like there's a lot of people like that in history, but we just take it down as like you put them in whatever category that we see them as. And yeah. I'm not trying to say who's who's non-binary or whatever. I'm just saying how they act is very like non-gender role conforming. Nice. Which like opens me up a lot because I was just like, well, people respect Prince. Yeah, like, they do. I can definitely get my respect. I believe it's James Baldwin says like you have to find out who you are and then like force the world to kind of accept you for who you know you are. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. I'm butchering it, but like look up James Baldwin and he says to be yourself, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's the, that's the succinct uh, paraphrase right there. Yes. Right on. So this bit I'm sure is ex dealing with some pain with your mom uh you know because i know as non-conforming gender and sexual orientation i went through a lot with my mom yeah and how is it how is that so i'm no contact with both of my parents um my dad is blocked my mom doesn't have an american number so i just undownloaded whatsapp basically <laughs> oh really just got rid of a whatsapp yeah because i tried i tried explaining i tried educating um but like conversations just became more and more painful um and to a point that I was just like I can't do this anymore and we didn't have a good relationship to begin with my childhood was very like trauma-based we were never really in the same household we were always like either homeless or couch hopping or about to get evicted so it was just like we were never really close in the beginning there because of how much responsibility I had when I was so young what so. kind of responsibility as a as a of a child of people that are in survival mode? Yes. And is there a reason for that? Like were there drugs involved or irresponsible or mental illness or what was going on that they were So I've struggling? come to the realization that like my parents just didn't need to be parents. Like I, I don't feel like everybody is meant to be parents. I feel like they're good people outside of their parenting because I feel like they wanted pets. <laughs> more so I'm dead ass because it was just very like they wanted a certain type of child and that was it and I have four siblings and I'm not the only one that doesn't speak to my parents so um I'm actually part of the majority so only my little brother who lives with my mom speaks to my mom still so it's coming from a place of just like I do feel justified because I tried I was one of the last like ones out of the house to yeah. continue to like you were trying to mend it. You were trying to find this kind of therapy. You know? I offered to pay for their therapy, like, because I was just like, I work in finance now. So I was just like, oh, I have the money for this. Like, I can help my family. But it's not always possible. And I feel like people get so mad at you when you say that you don't like your parents. I was like, well, crack babies exist. I'm not a crack baby. But clearly, like, not every person that has a baby needs yeah. to have a baby. So, yeah. And not, I think that when we enter in as a parent, I can say for sure, when we have this desire to have a child, we don't even know what we're signing up for. No. You know, and no, even though I had to take parenting classes because I was adopting, which I thought isn't as wild when you adopt, you have to go through all these parenting classes, mm -hmm. which very, they really did help me. But I was like, man, I wish everyone who had kids had, had to go to. through these and then go, oh, wait, that's what it's about because I didn't know. And even then, my ex, who I was with, uh, when I adopted my son, and this is where we were talking about trauma bonds earlier. Yes. Man, the blinders that I had on around this person, who when we were in the middle of parenting classes, that they, they ask you these questions. Like, what would you do if your child had a tantrum at the grocery store? Mm. My ex, and who I did, in fact, end up co-parenting with for a short time. <laughs> and she said, leave them there. 
Just leave. <laughs> she thinks it's okay to leave a toddler at a grocery store. By themselves. And then the next question. What would you do if your child bit you? What's appropriate? And then you can already probably guess her answer. Bite her back. That's it. Yeah, like it's a dog. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> That's it. Just bite her like- on the ear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And I still thought this was a good idea to bring my baby into this home. And I luckily I got him out. I mean, I did get him out before yeah. he was two and a half. Sometimes you're dependent. You can't get him out or whatever. Yeah. They have four kids. Yes. Okay. Back to back to you. I definitely take the poor into account because poor is stressful. And my dad was like a from North Carolina, Fayetteville. My mom born in Jamaica, raised in Belize. Has her own trauma herself. Um, When it came to actual parenting, there was a lot of like physical abuse on top of mental abuse. And then she, like I said, they were good people. So they, my mom was very like, we would go into the woods and like help homeless people and like go marching or like help overly gang populated areas like kind of help with like talking to the gang members and like trying to say like do you have to like do this here and stuff like that my mom was a very unafraid woman but like seeing her how she would like spend extra time to take care of other people's kids and then just be so hard on us yeah. and like to the point because it wasn't like regular whoopings they were like it wasn't just like belt it was kind of like whatever you could grab and I feel like she wanted us to be perfect and then like like I don't know she just wanted to help other people and be more compassionate and like laid back with other people's kids in mind. But I was just like, you could have just like not had kids and then like helped other like, yeah, that would struggling youth instead of abusing your kids and then helping others. It just felt really jealousy definitely sprung up for oh, sure. I can see that. I, and I've heard this a lot too in my Midwest heritage where people that are so nice to the stranger and then yeah. so cruel to the people at home. And I, I have to think and again, I'm not a therapist, but I've done a shit ton of therapy, but that yes. inner critical voice, like I've heard it in my own, like every now and then that shame, my mother just, you know, taught by shame mm-hmm. and kind of self-hate like put into me. And then every now and then I hear her voice come through me into my child. And I'm like, <gasps> I mean, I make amends so often, but it sounds like she was trying to like beat you into perfection. And Pretty like, much, yeah. did that happen to her? You think? Yes. It very much. She was definitely abused. Like my grandma left my mom in Belize with my great grandma um, without letting my mom know that she was leaving. So that she's also, she's estranged. Yes. She took care of herself. Yes. But unfortunately passed it forward. Didn't do the trauma. Like you're doing therapy trauma work. work, but certain people just, I think don't feel like they can open those containers that they have buttoned down yes. and put away. There's like, Nope, can't afford. My mother was like that. Can't afford to have those feelings. Can't yes. afford to open it and put it away. And you better not behave in a way that makes me, even look at that container. Yeah. And I feel like that was where most of my pain came from was like finding a way to, cause I'm super into like politics and like human rights and everything like that. So I know like how like black women are treated in America. I know how immigrants are treated in America. And I know that she was dealing with all of those things, but that doesn't like excuse the pain that I went through. Cause like being willing to change is one thing. If like by time I'm out of the house, like you're willing to change. Like I said, I offered to pay for therapy which is like not my responsibility at all. No, but you were so, you wanted that uh, connection with your mom yeah. so much that you're like, I will pay for it. Yes, because I know that she's in a lot of pain. And I feel like I personally gave out a lot of myself because I was paying bills when I was, 
my first job under the table duh, was at like 13. So I'm already helping paying bills and everything like that at that age. And then by the time I was 18, I was head of the household financially to like wow. help out. I'm not the oldest, but I was just like, for some reason, the most capable. I, I was in sales. So that makes it a lot easier. <laughs> I was like selling furniture and stuff and everything like that and dealing with drama at work because I'm younger and like people are just like, why are you like, you don't need this money like that. Like, why are you like stealing jobs and everything like that? I was dealing. I was definitely working with people like twice my age that didn't like that because I'm good at sales. That's what I do now. So. I was definitely dealing with that drama and getting like sales stolen from and stuff like that. People writing up my sales under their name and everything like that. Wow. Yeah. And then I come home to like physical abuse and like mental abuse. And then like eventually my mom kicked me out of the house when I was like 19 because we didn't agree on something. And I was paying the rent at the time, by the way. So she kicked me out of the house in Denver and we had only been in Denver less than a year. So I didn't really know anybody, but like I got back up on my feet and I'm doing great now. I'm in awe of you. I'm like, what an incredible person that you went into sales at such a young, like you're not, you're a teenager. At the time, yeah. yeah. I mean, you were a teenager. Yeah. You went into sales and you were kicking ass yeah. <laughs> on sales. I didn't lie. That was why I feel like I it was. That's it. Yeah, I you, didn't lie. I feel this. You have that clarity. You have that clarity in your eyes. You just have that clarity in your whole aura. I know I'm talking like I'm, oh, I'm an amazing psychic, but I am. It no, but like out. you called it out of me when we first met. You were just like, you're going to. You're going to be on the stage. And I had barely started like actually getting in the scene at that point, And that kind of pumped me up. I was just like, okay, Nancy has a dry bar comedy special. Like I, if they think that I have it, then I can fucking have it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, you do have it. Ooh, I get these good. I got to love getting these like truth chills. That's crazy. I'm surprised you even remembered the conversation. It impacted me so much. I didn't know that you had remembered the conversation, to be honest with you. Well, let me tell you this. My memory is very spotty at this age. So there are certain things that just pop like that. Love so it. that's cool. Well, maybe here's what I'm wondering. And this is I'm I'm getting more and more open to talking about spirituality and stuff. Because it's I've been a little in the closet about it for a long time and now I'm I just love it. I wonder, this is what I'm wondering, if one of your muses connected with like one of my spirit guides to say, Hey, Roxy needs this right now because mm -hmm. just something in me just was compelled to like share that and reflect that back to you. So I trust it. Anyway, the no, point I is I feel like if you believe in spirituality, you don't have to be like worried about talking. I know that I'm very open about my atheism. Like, but that doesn't mean that like I'm going to be like, like you know what I mean? Like I enjoy yeah. when people have a knowledge of something and like if this is what makes you feel like, you know, like yeah. if this is how you understand the world, I'm not, as long as you're not hating people with it, that's oh, what, no. I, that's my only part. But like, as long as you're not hating people <laughs> with it, then I don't really care what people yeah. believe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. I love that we can have this conversation. I didn't remember that about your atheism and also who knows, like we're all, of course, <laughs> this might be the psychedelics talking, but hey. Hey, hey <laughs> might be the psychedelics talking, but we're energy, right? I mean, yes. we're just made of all these tiny little parts that are energy mm -hmm. and who knows, right? And I still feel like we're connected. Like, I feel like when people think atheists, cause I like just read, I started off, I read the whole Bible and then I went on and like, I like, cause I was super religious growing up. Oh. So I really believed it. And then I read the whole thing and then I didn't believe it anymore. And, <laughs> yeah, and then to I me, moved on to like Islam and like Judaism. And like, I started learning like 
Buddhism and everything like that. And like Hindu, like Buddhism is branched off of Hindu, but I just started learning about world religions and stuff like that. And then it brought me to atheism, but it did also lead me to believe that like humans are connected more than we think. Cause a lot of the stories are similar. Um, and yeah. like a lot of the creation stories are similar. A lot of like the different like parables and stuff like that are similar. So we have like an overarching, like what is right and wrong and I feel like we're connected that way and we're connected to be able to, like you did for me, like bring out the brightness in people, whether that's like because you did something because it was spiritual or you did something because you felt like God told you to or you felt like you meditated and you got there. You felt like you read a book and you got there as long as we're like building up the community together. That's like my main concern. Yeah. And trying to make room for everyone's point of view. And this is where I think, you know, how vegans get such a bad rap because mm. Even me, like I, I have, so my inner teenager talk about her a lot. She, her name's Virginia Vengeance. Love it. She needs the her, vengeance is there. Yeah. Oh yeah. She needs her <laughs> own one person show, but she is a defender of the defenseless, mm -hmm. you know, the voice for the voiceless. And so sometimes she has a complete lack of empathy for the other human who she perceives is harming her friend or her vulnerable charges, such as animals and babies and the elderly or anyone who doesn't have a voice or an agency. Yes. Like if she witnesses that or, or even sees it in her mind's eye, she can go rageful and disregard the human. Like having this discussion about bacon right now, Yes. like saying, Hey, I'm going to say my truth in a way that I hope is respectful and I get it. Like you and I are coming. <laughs> we're, yes. We're, we're coming. Yes. As I have left bacon behind, you are, you are now embracing bacon. And I mean, I'm going to do my part to say, I feel sad for the pigs, but they are very smart creatures. They are highly intelligent. And if everyone had seen one in a birthing crate, I don't know. I just, here's what I like to challenge. I people. did watch the documentary, the, the <laughs> yeah. very scarring, like vegetarian documentaries. That's what they played in the church. Oh, like, really? They would like have like documentaries oh. like that. Cause a lot of, it's not a requirement of seven day eventism, but a lot are either pescatarian or vegetarian, vegetarian. Yeah. Um, I don't know what's in the bylaws of it because when I was reading the Bible, I wasn't necessarily like reading like seven day Adventist parts. Yeah. You know, like I feel like the denominations off of Christianity are just like your different interpretations of the same book. Um, so, yeah. And the book is so confused. Like I, if anything would turn me off from God, it's the Bible. Yes. It, I just it, and I have so many friends that are in like I'm in, you know, 12 step programs that are divinely guided. I mean, they are spiritual programs. And so many of my friends who suffered spiritual abuse mm -hmm. in their really rigid church environment. I don't understand the cherry picking from the Bible. Like, oh, one part says, you know, kill your kids, beat your wife and all this stuff. I'm like, but you're like, oh, but that part, you know, we don't listen to that part. We listen, to, we listen to that part about hating homosexuals. That's the part we, we, yeah, we like that part real good. <laughs> we like that part because we get to feel superior and somehow we don't have to have our, we don't have to feel shame about our own homosexual tendencies. That's what I'm saying. I was just like, more people are like, we'll look a little bit something, something then they won't <laughs> like I, that's me explaining the spectrum that's like <laughs> i feel like more people like will try than won't it's just a shame that's there but once you remove the shame you're just like oh then there's no reason why i shouldn't if you don't like it then you don't like it but like if you didn't try it just because you're afraid to try it then that's dumb yeah or that you don't want you don't want to lose your little position of being superior yes yeah that's i think that's a big part of it i do I've thought about that a lot in my own journey, you know, because yeah, they get, refer to us as like demonic and stuff. So they definitely think they're superiors. <laughs> Woo. 
Yeah. And that's so tough, man. When you're up against people that are in a cult, and I think of religion as kind of a cult for me. Agreed. I mean, it just doesn't, religion, I just feel like anything that creates othering, Mm -hmm. I feel is that, like you were talking about earlier, if it doesn't hate on somebody, if it's community, we're all part of the one, whatever, I'm just saying, that feels cult-like to me. Anything that tries to put you superior to somebody else oh. is the, let's, I think we found it. Uh, that's the root of a cult. Yes. Othering, hating. And stop thinking for yourself. It's just like, oh, God <gasps> has a plan. Nope. I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah, not allowed to have critical thinking. Exactly, which is crazy to me because that's the whole point that we evolved so far is because of our critical thinking and I guess the thumbs, whatever. But like, <laughs> Don't forget the thumbs. Don't forget the thumbs. And the, and the mushrooms because if you watch yes. that uh, Fantastic Fungi. I haven't yet, but I know what you're talking about. Uh, they talk about this was the how man sort of had these uh, exponential growth moments, man being human humankind yes. that i see that the man it is a patriarchy language and i apologize for using it but anyway yes. the point is that at some point a person ate a mushroom and then our 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 uh, consciousness expanded it's like the mushroom came here it's the original thing yes. and it's the teacher i am definitely into the shroomies so i agree for sure <laughs> that'd be fun to uh have like shroom cast yeah, <laughs> Shroomcast. We definitely need like PJs for that. <laughs> <laughs> let's have a shroom slumber party. That'd be great. And let's talk about all the commonalities. We have more in common than we don't. So that's why like, I feel like it's like a painful thing to see when we like have such division, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. And for a mother to miss the opportunity, like my mother did as well, we mm. went to therapy once together, which I do. Okay. I hand it to Jenny Norton. We did go to therapy once together. But, but for her, I met, we never, uh, I mean, she couldn't access her heart because mm. of all whatever her trauma was. Pain. I mean, she was an amazing nurse. My mom was an amazing nurse. Mm, Care for everybody. Yeah. Good person in other ways, but it, it, and did a lot of other really solid parenting things. But as far as wanting to know who I was, that was never, or, 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 or invite me forward. Like, who are you? Like, wouldn't that have been nice for your mom? Tell me about you and who you are and yes. let me support you on your journey. Instead of being disappointed. Cause yeah. like, cause she really did tell me that I was, that she was disappointed. Cause to her, I'm only like, I know it's like so overplayed, but half gay, like, because I'm pansexual. So I'm just like, she's like, well, you do like men. I was just like, yes, and <laughs> like yes. a plethora of other genders as well. Um, she just said that she was disappointed in me, and I like bawled crying. And she was like, I kind of already knew because I was already like had gay tendencies as a kid. I called myself Max sometimes, and I would like, like I said, I'd wrestle boys on the playground. I hated wearing dresses and stuff like that. And I, I like wearing dresses now, but that's because I didn't know at the time that like, I was just frustrated that that was my only option. That was it. That you like, were forced to wear it every single like I'm day. I'm tired of these fucking dresses. Like, yeah, man. <laughs> I get it. I get it. And I, I mean, I'd walk around my neighborhood and they'd go, are you one of the Norton boys? And I'd say, yeah, I'm John. And that was like, okay. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. So Max and John, these are our inner children and, and inner parts of us. We have, we definitely have, the continuum of whatever gender yes. is a social construct, but I'm just saying. And par and apparently everybody has like masculine and feminine sides, even if they're not non-binary. And this is what I'm getting from therapists. So yeah, like fight them. Yeah. Um, but it's just the way that your brain kind of works. If we're like putting gender roles in it, like you have like 
feminine tendencies and masculine tendencies technically and seeing that like everybody has that side but everybody has a shame to that side I never understood like my dad he's also super religious and he would shut down like any sense of me before I was even like out or anything like that when I was a kid he would shut down any sense of me outside of a gender role and I could tell that he definitely thought of me less so than he thought my brother because like I'm definitely like I have my career ready like I'm already putting in my 401k my brother's kind of like but like that's fine that's fine but like also like the fact that you tell me that you're disappointed in me just because I like to eat pussy like I was just (laughs) I was like what I was like you wish you had like people wish they had a kid like me like are you fucking kidding me no fella no like like felony charges no criminal charges like I have a career like of course I have my delinquencies but like I'm for the most part I'm a good citizen and you're like hating on that like yeah I would be so proud of you I am so proud of you Uncle Nance let me just say (laughs) is proud of you yes it's amazing you're incredible it but who you are is somebody that is incredibly versatile you have these arts you have this structured job you're in finance and you're you're in sales what are you selling uh, loans or something or so so no I'm actually in like um the stock market but um I work specifically in retirements and stuff like that so so intelligent so I get to help people retire for the most part that's what I do and so you know what you're doing you're like I am I've got this I got a plan Mm -hmm. and you're building towards your retirement but you're also expressing yourself artistically you have this deep love for your partner that I I see demonstrate I mean it's just amazing I'm like ah it's just it's 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 crazy making to think that parents would not just be high-fiving to me higher power or high-fiving the clouds just saying oh can you believe we raised this beautiful person but instead i I know but instead it's so ironic that they are like "Mm -mm," because you're not whatever that cookie cutter was supposed to be yes and it was very much that because like growing up it was long hair um, seven day Adventists don't pierce. So no piercings, no tattoos. And now you have these beautiful piercings and tattoos. <laughs> yeah, I love my tattoos, but yeah, I do now. Um, and it was just because like, it wasn't like rebellion. It was basically like, I've always wanted to do that, but I thought it was wrong. So it wasn't like, I'm doing this out of spite. I was just like, I've always wanted to do that. But like, I thought there was something wrong with it. And now I have bosses with like a nose piercing and they're doing just fine. <laughs> so like, I'm just like, they're perfectly fine. I respect them, even though they have a little dangly out of their nose. There's also other cultures that that's completely professional. So it's, yeah. yeah. And I think your generation, this is becoming, this is becoming the norm. I was, where was I? Somewhere at some fancy hotel doing a corporate gig. And these greeters that were there at this hotel were, I don't know. I think I had just put some fresh purple in my hair and they were commenting on it. And I said, oh, it would look so good on you. And she goes, oh, we're not allowed at this corporate place to have that kind of bright color. And I go, ooh. I'm not sure if that's legal that they can keep you from expressing yourself like that, you know, but I think even talking, if we want to talk about hair, like getting into like intersectionality, I wasn't allowed to wear certain hairstyles that were ethnic at some of the jobs that I had both in Florida and here. And they just passed the crown act, I believe two or three years ago that it's like illegal to like not allow us to wear our hair a certain way. Cause like, African hair like naturally wasn't considered professional Wow. yeah we have trainings now that like you're not allowed to like look down on somebody's experience because of dreadlocks and stuff like that but that's also like I'm at a very like liberal yeah they're they're very there's I mean there's something up right now right I've seen in the news not that long ago about a kid that got kicked out of a high school for his 
hair. Yeah. My little brother had to fight for his, like, because he has very long hair. And, like, in, like, Jamaican culture, it's not a bad thing for boys to have long hair. And, like, there were so many times that people, private schools, high school, trying to make him cut it. But my mom was very much, she was like, I'll put it back in a ponytail or something. But I think it's fucked up. I was like, how are you going to put, like, pictures of Jesus with long hair everywhere and then tell boys that they can't have their hair long? That's bullshit. Yeah, there's so much bullshit like that. And also, let's not pretend it isn't from this you know, white patriarchal. Oh, absolutely. You know, trying to keep superiority and. Because I was like, how is a messy ponytail professional? But then my Afro puff is not professional. And then how are braids unprofessional? But then two pigtails aren't. <sighs> like, it was just very like frustrating and stuff like that. But at the time I wasn't as vocal with my beliefs because I wasn't as educated so I would just follow the rules and stuff like that because well, I was afraid of losing my job. Well, I was going to say, yeah. plus you're dependent on your job. On my income. Yeah. yeah. And then when we're in a dependent position, there's a lot of grin and bear it kind of stuff that happens. And I'm so glad that that there's finally uh, some laws protecting people. Yeah, It's a federal law now. It's called the Crown Act. You can look it up. So, yeah, it is, I love yeah. that. I love that. Man, I'm just I'm excited. I get more hopeful the more people I talk to the. You're Gen Z. Are you Gen Z? I am Gen Z, yeah. which is so funny because I used to not think I was, but then they changed the parameters because I was like late, late millennial and then they changed Gen Z to I think like 1996 and on. So then I was just like, oh, I guess I'm a Gen Z now. Then y'all changed it. But you Gen Z's are giving me hope. I, I, cause my little brother, he, he's straight as far as I know. Like he's like, he's very jock sport very and i'm not saying that like like you can't be feminine that but he's very he's always had interest in girls and i have opened the floor for him to be honest with me if he wanted to because so i'm sure he would if he wanted but he was very he's the one who taught me more about gender than like i knew which had me explore because he had friends that were trans and friends that were like lesbian or gay and everything like that and like there's not a group with kids that age like there's not like a gay group and a straight group it's just kind of like yeah like if anything your groups are your hobbies or what you're good at or like if you're the yes. smart kids or whatever but it's not based upon like gender and sex because they don't care about that shit anymore he like went to go ask out this little girl so cute and he was just like oh she ended up being lesbian so like i that didn't work out but that's fine he wasn't like butthurt about her or anything like that <laughs> like i feel like is this your younger brother that still lives with your mom yes he's 14 he's in belize and so. are, what about what about contact with him are you able to be in he contact has instagram with instagram now and i'm gonna oh, get cool, him a cool. phone for christmas so oh, hopefully we'll get, yeah so you can preserve that relationship yes. and keep that separate from the wounding experiences with your mom. Yes. That's so cool. Isn't it great? Like that, my son, he's 19. He's the same. He's mom, nobody cares. Nobody cares about any of this. Like, Anymore. I mean, they, they really do. I mean, they, they definitely respect if somebody tells them a mm -hmm. different pronoun or gender or whatever, but he's like, it doesn't really, it's just a non thing almost to, to, to him. Yes. So it used to be like, I'm not saying that there's not some kids that age that are like that, but I feel like that's because of their parents, not like when they yep. get out of their parents' house, they'll most likely just get their own opinions at that point. I grew up super, like I said, super small town, super religious. And then I chose to read and chose to like, <laughs> yeah, basically. I like, love that in your bit. For those of you who don't read. Because like what I, what frustrates me is that like, they're so more than any other generation, more than any other time, like knowledge is as accessible like and i'm not talking about like wikipedia i'm talking like peer-reviewed articles and like 
tests yes. that have been like group tests or whatever that have been going for like years and stuff like that um that you can look in on and like yeah. people will just refuse and just like type up whatever their answer was in their head and then find whatever agrees with that whether it's like a worthy article or not and that's what frustrates me so like I have compassion for people that are like younger and then people that are trying but I do not have compassion for people that are like absolutely not this is what I believe and that's it if they're over like if they're like in their 30s or above because I believe that you're probably yeah. gonna stay that way well and it's so hurtful it's hard to have compassion when people are actively harming you yes and and i feel like that's what people don't get they're like why don't you reach across the aisle i was like because they don't believe in my rights so like i don't understand why i even have a conversation with this person they can read a book like i did the other thing that came to my mind is this term willfully ignorant yes the willfully ignorant ah that's where my anger comes from because i was like you have knowledge at your fingertips you're refusing the knowledge because you're scared because you're feel superior you want to keep that superiority because quite frankly a lot of people that are like pastors and stuff are like lame people outside of that <laughs> they don't have anything else if they don't have like the fact that they're a christian and the fact that they think that they're building god's kingdom or whatever and that's not only christianity but that's just like what i grew up with um i realize it in other religions as well it's very much a thing i feel like anytime people are just like i know what god's saying and like God's always a creator of the universe, no matter what religion that you're a part of. So I feel like that's what gets people like, like you said, narcissist. If you believe that, you know, the creator of the universe and only, you know, them. Yes. And then like, and, you know what they think and yeah. what they want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Two things that just came up for me. One is uh, Ryan. And it came, I always I'm referencing other episodes. Perfect. Ryan Sangelis. I have a hard time saying his name sometimes, but he's a former Baptist pastor. <laughs> and I am never more proud of somebody who has cracked. Like, I mean, his whole existence was around being this Baptist pastor and that he allowed and was open and allowed that to crack just got out of that spell and that's scary because that's For, your whole community that's your whole that's life exactly that's your income too that's your income your identity your 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 yep your whole community your sense of who who am i if mm. i'm not this so i i just want to applaud anyone who has you know broken that spell yes. like we we did it. No, People, really. I don't understand why other folks, I don't get I think it. It's empathy, whether you have it or not. Because like my thing is getting away from religion is that I couldn't properly love myself because I didn't fit in all the boxes that they had. Yeah. Like there wasn't a box for me. And then also loving other people because it was hard to love somebody and then also call them a sinner. I didn't, I never understood that concept because I was just like, well, sinners go to hell. So do you think that people are going to go to hell for this? And you think that you're just like, like what perspective is that coming from? Uh, and also the perspective of just burning for eternity is like hilarious to me. Yeah. I, was just like, I was like, even if you're a really shitty person, like, have you ever gotten even a, the tiniest burn like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for eternity? I was just like, you don't love me. This is What God would do that? That's not love. That's, that's Stockholm not, syndrome. That's <laughs> Yeah, that's really smart. That's not love. That's Stockholm syndrome. That's a good one. 
Yeah, I love that. Have you ever heard we've got the tiniest burn? <laughs> like that shit hurts just a little. I'm just saying that uh, that's the worst punishment possible. Why not give us like diarrhea or some shit? Like what? Uh, eternity with nausea and vomiting. Yeah, like, uh, yeah you're right. There's it's, uh, just saltine I, crackers and, and ginger what, ale. That's all we have. <laughs> and Ryan even said that on his episode. He was saying like, I can't, there's no, there's no crime you could commit that is worthy of eternity. That's insane. That's just really, that's the that scales of justice. I don't see it. Yeah, that is that is it seems ins- petty to me. <laughs> that is wildly insane. But I like what you're saying about the lack of empathy because that's where, and this is where I understand lack of empathy when I channel Virginia Vengeance and she's like, I've got to protect the innocent pigs, you know? That's and, Max for me. Like, uh, Max is my protector. My therapist said that's who, like, yeah. that's my part of me. Max people- protects the, in, like, your even smaller inner child, probably. Yes. So Max is, like, very, like, if I'm ever in a place where I'm feeling vulnerable or if I feel like somebody, like you said, somebody I care about is vulnerable or something like that. It's just very like that tomboy that like, I'll beat you up if you fuck with my people type situation. And learning therapy parts is interesting because I didn't realize like it's called the family or whatever. Like you have inner family system. Yes. Inner family systems. Everybody has their inner family systems and you have like the older you, the younger you, like the parent you and like there's different parts. Like everybody has them. And it's just interesting to learn about parts of yourself instead of just like you as a whole, because there's different parts of you that come out in different situations. But yeah, Max is my Virginia to your Virginia. Yeah, yeah my Virginia vengeance. Yeah. Oh, I know. I'm surprised my inner teenager is female, but 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 she is. And she's bad. She's a pretty badass. I mean, she does take those knives out of her back and she's like, let's go. Let's go. But then as I'm I'll mature, fight with said knife. <laughs> if I mature, as I get into like channeling, whatever the higher wisdom of all that is, she swirls it into like a chalice of love. Like, Oh, oh I love it. It's oh, like kingdom hearts. <laughs> oh, I don't know that kingdom hearts. It's like a video game oh. and like stuff like that happens. Oh, basically. cool. Thanks for sharing it. Oh, I love the, also the inner family system where it gives me insight mm. into myself. Like my inner critical parent is trying to keep my inner child safe by conforming but then she projects that's what I feel is a part of your mother that was beating you into conforming because in a weird fucked up way she's trying to help you survive because that's how she survived because it's like if you're different they're gonna fuck you up basically and she's trying to keep that from happening she's terrified Mm. and so she's terrified but then her it comes out as rage which is not okay um I'm learning (laughs) but also rage is like a lot of unprocessed emotions and I feel like a lot of people don't realize that most people aren't taught to emotionally regulate when like a lot of us are still those toddlers screaming in the middle of the grocery aisle like you like it's like emotions are hard I don't give a fuck what anybody says yeah if you really it is hard yeah when you open this box I mean those of us who are like you know trying to uh Christy Lee was saying last week, you know, trying to find the valve. Yeah, try the valve. Like, how can we let out 5%, 10%? But I think humor does that where we can let out almost like 100%. But if we if we just spin it, you know, 180 and go, woo, like somehow we can let out a whole bunch of energy in this hilarious way. I feel like the journey is learning how to do that. I know. I'm still learning. I'm still. There's no perfection point. Yeah, in my program for adult children, we are known as reactors rather than actors. So I'm, eh, I'm working on it. But is there another tool you were you were telling me in the kitchen that that your therapist taught you some tools that help you regulate or just kind of 
you know, look at the stuff without getting too overwhelmed or have these tools. Absolutely. So like, I don't want to give credit to just one therapist because I've been in therapy like five years and it's been very helpful. But like over time, I've learned from different therapists and psychiatrists. One of the things that I love, like we were talking about, is like feeling it in your body. Like if you're angry, if you're sad, if you're even not like what happens to me a lot is that I don't know what emotion I'm feeling because like I have PTSD and I have anxiety. So I could be feeling a lot at once. So they I know it's so corny, but me and Alex use it in fights too. the feelings wheel. Like anybody can Google like a wheel of feelings and stuff like that. And basically you write down like I am feeling this because of that. You're not blaming anybody. You're just like, I'm feeling this because of this it's like a formula it's just factual why are you feeling this and then you're saying like okay i'm feeling sad because i didn't get my donuts whatever (laughs) yeah i love donuts Ah, i love donuts too but like where do you feel that are you feeling it heavy in your shoulders are you feeling in your chest are you feeling in your stomach where are you feeling that pain it helps you process it like because you can actually like because i feel our society is just like there is no tangibility for emotions and feelings and it's just like that's a lie because you very much feel it and your body keeps tallies so just like saying like I feel it in my chest and then kind of just like rubbing yourself and like being like trying to calm down your chest parts because I feel like we know how to stretch like we know how to release so whether I'm like stretching or I need to go on a walk because like my hips feel tight because I've just been like clenched all day whatever it is um and then also just like grounding so Three things that are three things that I can smell or four things that I can hear or five things that are red that I can see. So just realizing that you're safe. Bring you into the present moment. Yes. Because the PTSD, it feels like whatever happened then when you were powerless. It's happening right now. Yes. Powerless and yeah, I think it's a powerlessness. It's a powerlessness. Usually yeah. And so like, okay, that, that, this thing reminded me of that thing and I, you're triggered. And mm-hmm. so this lands you in the moment. We're back here in right now and I'm an empowered adult yes. and I can speak my needs, take care of myself. God, I love that. Yeah. I love that you're using it. You're really using it. You're really, really applying helpful. it. Man, I ha- hats off. Let me just tip of the traumaty hat because I, whew, when I get taken over by a trigger, I feel so righteous in my anger. Like this has to be said and I'm glad, you know, I don't give a fuck about how this makes you feel. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just like such a, oh, such a, you know, and it's really masking the terror the terror of that little girl that is powerless and feels like she's about to die. And I'm not going to die. The lizard brain thinks saber tooth tiger, but really it's just an email. I don't want to answer. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like bringing yourself. I, have, <laughs> I love that. It's just an email. I don't want to answer. Yes. But what, like, I'll go. Oh, sorry. No, I just want to reflect on that for a second. It just makes me laugh, you know, cause yeah, that, and that is the truth. It's just these associations, but keep going. Um, but yeah, I have, uh, the PTSD, um, sometimes I'll have night terrors and the way night terrors work is that you can't get out of the dream. So sometimes I'll be locked in my brain overnight for what feels like days. Um, so I'll wake up and like the grounding really helps for me to be like, I'm not there. I'm here. Cause like for a while, like, you know, when you're like in a dream, but it feels lucid. Yep. After I'm out of those night terrors that like like really have a hold on me like I'll go a couple of hours feeling like I'm lucid instead of actually like I'll walk around and I'll be doing things but it just feels like I'm still in dream state right but that reality came with you yes into this morning or whatever 
Yeah. So yeah. it's really interesting to see, like I say lizard brain, cause like, I know that we're not part lizard, but like lizard brain, like the brainstem is basically like what yeah. we started with. You right. Know? That inner brain, that the, the middle, the mid brain with what, the amygdala and the hippocampus and all those parts. Oh, look are, at you. I didn't well, know. Well, no, well I did. No, yeah. no, that's good. But that is part of us. That you that, know. Yeah. That is that reactive survival part. Yeah. Yeah. I am with you. Yes. And like growing up, like I said, like couch hopping and like going from like getting evicted a lot it was just like I've been in survivor mode for so long and like I would say like the last three years have been the most enjoyable of my life the rest of it is very much just a blur but I've been loving it like these last three years I'm so happy I'm I'm so happy for you to to get this sense of home and safety and sanctuary you know, not, not how I thought I was going to it, find it, but I did. <laughs> you did, yeah. and you manifested. I mean, here I am going back to the spirit. Well, it's not yes. spiritual. It's no, like, I feel like manifesting you did, you is made, a thing. I like yeah. set my list down, and I kept on saying, I'm going to do this. This is what I'm going to find. Like, I feel like in a lot of ways, like even like religion was just copying what we already knew inside of us. We were just saying it out loud. So yeah. spirituality, when you're like manifesting, is just like, you believe this so much, and you're going to make the steps towards making this happen. You see the steps. Yes. You saw the steps, you saw the goal, and like, yes. and then you worked backwards. And some of the steps were a little crooked, and maybe they weren't fully there. Oh, oh we're getting a call. Oh, that's <laughs> your sweetheart. Yes. Do you want to take the call? Um, I'm, <laughs> um, I'm going to just let him know. So we got to, we got to uh, that you guys, are, you're, not only have, do you have these tools, you're applying the tools in your relationship with your significant other who feels like a life partner now. Yes, like this, feel, like my right hand like we yeah I was saying the other day I was just like he gave me and I didn't ask him for the kiss but he gave me a forehead kiss in the morning I was like sitting on the toilet you know the good morning poop like (laughs) that's the level of intimacy that's the level of intimacy and I'll just like he's really like my friend and we'll be like goofy together he helps me goof the fuck out which is great he'll just do silly dances and make (gasps) faces and stuff and I feel like a kid again in a great way like I get to be the kid that I wanted to be, you know what I mean? Yes. You're getting to have your childhood and it's all happening at once. Yes. And his family is very much the same way that too. Cause they, they respect my pronouns. They ask about my journey. And then like, like I, like you saw the other day, like I was with Thanksgiving with them and stuff like that. His mom's name is Peg. She's like four foot and can fit in your pocket. (laughs) She's the best little redhead Irish lady. And embracing you and embracing the relationship. Yes. And then you see where he got his his uh, playfulness yes. and love, yes. and now you've got, now you've you know you got a chosen family. Oh, beautiful! Ah, I'm so glad I got to know you better, and I can't wait to hang out with you some more and go see your comedy and yes. maybe who knows? I want to see the singing and the singer songwriter part of you too. I'm trying to get that more out, so we'll see. I have two songs that I've like posted so far, <gasps> um, but like I'm still working on stuff like that. I want to le- teach myself the guitar and like learn things like that because I've never learned an instrument I've just always been dedicated to singing and improving my voice but then my little brother like he was taught the violin and then he taught himself the bass and the guitar and I was like that's the same genes I have yeah I just need to try and you have obviously the ear yeah and you have the math too because I've heard that there's a lot of interplay between music and math mind if you're doing all this banking and investing and I'm so impressed with you. You're 25 years old and you're in, like teaching people how to save for their retirement. It's incredible. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Roxy. Oh, I can't wait to just know you even more and more. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this. I, I like the whole reason of me getting into comedy was to make friends. So this is good. 
I'd like to thank my guest, Roxy Grant. You can find Roxy on Instagram or Facebook. It's R-O-X-E-Y-G-R-A-N-T. As always, I want to thank my son, Nathaniel Norton, for helping with the music for Traumedy. And you, the listener, thank you so much for your feedback and for letting me know that this is helping you access and recover. The whole reason I'm doing this, to help heal myself and others, and I'm getting a lot out of it. I'm so glad to hear some other people are as well. Hey, check the show notes for resources for trauma recovery, for trigger recovery, for the feeling wheel. Let us know if you have any insights, any, anybody that would like to share on the podcast, anybody that wants to come in and share how you're coping with trauma, we'd love to hear from you. And you can always reach out to me at my website, nancynorton.tv, or go to nancynorton.tv on Instagram. Please do that thing where you share, like, and subscribe. And again, remember, every Tuesday, a new episode, Traumedy Tuesdays. No matter what, keep laughing. Traumedy is a higher power production production.